Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. What is happening? Indeed, it's another edition. One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is sweeping the, the nation. Episode 29 already. And boy, we're coming in hot today, fresh off of a one-hour elite sports show on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. I am Jeff Bands, of course. You can find my work at FantasyGuru.com, 2020 Fantasy Football Draft Guide, all the cheat sheets, all the things you need to know since this is our last podcast before the official start of the 2020 NFL season. If you're still drafting, you got to get over to FantasyGuru.com. All my daily players, where are you at? Cash Game Breakdown, dropping Friday. Live streams, chat sessions, coaching sessions. EliteFantasy.com is the place to be. Elite sports betting for all your sports betting needs over there as well. Of course, follow me at Jeff underscore Mance on Twitter. The Jeff Mance on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I've got a guest today. That's right. First guest in a while that we've had, but I needed somebody to calm me down. And who better than Ted Schuster? What's up, Ted? Not a whole lot. Looking forward to some football starting. It'll be nice. We had college football coming too. We only got some of that, assholes. <laughs> what is the latest with the college football? I'll be fully. I don't even know where they stand. Are the big is the Big Ten going to play? Like, what is going on with the college football season, Ted? As of now, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are playing in the spring. Um, Division two and Division three is pretty much canceled. Uh, Notre Dame's playing an ACC schedule this year, so they're in the ACC yeah. as a member this year for one year. Uh, SEC, of course, is playing. Big 12 is playing. So it's kind of a shit show. I don't know. Some medical experts on one side said they can't play. Others said they can. Who the fuck knows? They're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how – supposed to be a medical expert. supposed to follow the science or whatever you want to bullshit they say. And yet somehow we get completely different opinions on the situation. It's a microcosm of the world in which we live in. This is the world. And I try to explain that to like, you know, I've got three kids and, you know, in our area in Arizona, it's been absolutely fine pandemic wise or uh, outbreak wise. And then absolutely horrific. There's never any in between in Arizona and it keeps fluctuating. And it's just a cycle that keeps going around and around. I'm trying to tell people, if you don't understand, every time you start letting everybody do what they want, it just goes back up. So either you have to let – if you're going to let people go back and do it, you're going to have to deal with the consequences and let it go, or don't let them go back, or don't let it – then push things off. Like You have to decide one way or another, but this idea that you're going to accomplish both, irrational. And uh, it's good to see football back. It's good to have the NFL back this week. It's good to have some college football we had on last weekend – It'll be good to see some this weekend as well. I'm pumped up about that. But, Ted, we got to start off today. I'm pretty pissed off. To all the SiriusXM listeners out there, I had no idea that our show was only one hour today until after I'd done all the work and all the show plan everything late last night, like real late last night. And that really bothered me. And then I didn't know you were supposed to be on the show today. I didn't know that wasn't capable until about an hour and a half before the showtime. And then during the show, about halfway through, uh, 30 minutes through our 60 minutes, they said, oh, yeah, by the way, the call screener's down. We can't take phone calls. So 
I don't. I'm so fired up and pissed off because at this point in the season, every single one of us needs to be on our best. We need to be working 24 hours a day, round the clock, sacrificing everything, giving it our, our all. And here we go. I think we just totally fucked the Tuesday show two days before the start of the season, and I'm fired up about it. Ted. Yeah, it sounds like a giant shit show. That's what it sounds like. But, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. That's why we're here doing this, I guess, to, to try and make up for that shit show. Yes. Um, and give the people the information they need. Yes, that is the plan here today. We'll give it to everybody. Give it to them for free. I mean, we're totally open to doing it. Folks, you would help us out a lot if you could like, subscribe, comment on the no matter where you get this podcast whether it's itunes or google Play or tuned in or stitcher or uh wherever it may be go there spotify go and give us uh, you know what even if you don't like it say ah sucks fuck those guys whatever that's fine all of that helps in our, our quest to try to bring you the programming you all deserve and seemingly you all want all right, so a couple days away, Ted. Uh, I did a draft yesterday. I want to do more drafts, by the way. I told people on SiriusXM during our hour show today, and I told you yesterday, like I really want to get into one of these fantasy football player championship drafts, another one, I should say. I have a roster build in mind. I have an idea of what I want to do right now, and that is it's, – I think it's right up your alley. I want to go wide receiver, wide receiver – and then possibly wide receiver. I want to start out just bang, bang, wide receiver. And then the third round, I either want James Conner, but he most likely will not be there, right? Or I will take another wide receiver. And then rounds four through eight, all running back. Just all like that. That's a build I want to do. What do you think of that? I think it's very viable. Um, the third round, the wide receiver group to me is questionable at that point. Though Some of those guys – might not be worth. Yeah, uh, that's the only issue I ran into. But taking the first two rounds, I've done it several times already, and I, I think I've, I would have done that in our home league even more. So had I already kept two wide receivers, I would have done it again. I almost did it, and I'm like, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense from a depth standpoint uh, to have four wide receivers and no running backs. But I think it's very viable. Third, fourth, fifth rounds, even the sixth round has plenty of running back value that you can get that I'm happy starting. And then you'll just be loaded with stud wide receivers. I do like a lot of the later round of wide receivers, but it's hard to pass up with guys like Hopkins in the second round or Julio in the second round. Julio, Hopkins, Adams, Tyreek. I mean, all the, that group right there is just so immaculate. And, yeah, I do like the DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley group there also. But at the same time, if you can get the, one of them, to be your third, I think you're just you're really in the driver's seat. And then go after the running backs. Uh, I know you love Todd Gurley this year. I love Cam Akers this year. So obviously those two are it would be at the top of our uh, want list. But even if you got a Melvin Gordon, take a little bit of a chance on Jonathan Taylor, which he can grow into a massive role in Indianapolis. Leonard Fournette is already. I mean, it's so funny. Three days ago, if you said Leonard, I said it on the air. Or last Friday, remember, Ted? I said, Leonard Fournette's the starting running back. Everyone's like, oh, no. Bruce Arians says Ronald Jones. Like, yeah, no, no, no. It's not happening. And the Fournette's already 
got a prime role carved out against the Saints this week. So I'm fine with I'm fine with that group. Even a Mark Ingram, if we had to, you know, you take two of that grouping of running back and then pad it on with Gibson, Moss, you know, Breida. Montgomery's falling too. David Montgomery is going. I mean, I know he's might not play week one, but people are treating him like the play. He just falling in drafts because and I know I mean, his only competition's got is Tariq Cohen. Yes. Tariq Cohen sucks. So, I mean, Montgomery has potential that people are just ignoring because he, he might miss week one. Here's a question that I want to ask you, and I was going to ask it on the serious show, but obviously we didn't get the chance to do that. Who's the backup running back in Chicago? I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to avoid local uh, right the, local talk, but the talk up Cordell Patterson. Yes. I have oh, a I, feeling that's real. I have a feeling Cordero fucking Patterson may be the back, the real backup running back in Chicago. It's like when they made that the whole announcement, he's now running back. We kind of like, oh, who cares? Like, whatever. He's a kick returner. We know he's a kick returner, right? He's always been. But they never brought in another guy. And then you thought, okay, maybe they're fine with Montgomery and Cohen and this Artavius Pierce, maybe he's something. Then they cut Pierce completely gone and Montgomery goes down hurt and they still don't bring anybody. The only viable reasoning there, Ted, is that Cordero Patterson is an actual running back who is going to see real time in Chicago. I've got that sneaking suspicion all of a sudden. I think they might do it. I think it's a mistake. He just doesn't know how to play the running back position. I mean, he doesn't want to play the wide receiver position either. That's part of the problem. <laughs> well, you can never catch he's the too- ball. That's his problem. He he's he's a body catcher, not a hands catcher. I've said that from his first year in Minnesota, and it's been true the entire time. And which makes sense, maybe moving him to running back. But modern day running backs, said, don't they still have to catch the ball a little bit? They do. Isn't he too tall? I mean, we've talked about the height-wise. I'm not a fan of a guy his height, especially when he doesn't know how to play the position running the football. Yeah, big uh, tackle area, prone to fumble. Yeah, he's just not – I don't know. I I, I do think it's the Bears' plan, and I think it's a stupid one, but that's what they're doing. That is a – that's going to be a situation – to watch because I, I don't know what the Bears are really thinking with that. I don't know what the Bears are thinking. By the way, Trubisky winning the quarterback job. I talked about that on Monday's show on Sirius. Like, okay, you're going to give a guy a chance now. He's going to go out and it's Blake Bortles all over again. You're going, you, you did not, you knew he wasn't good enough for a fifth year option. Then you gave him a chance to compete. He somehow did. He's going to put together some sort of season here. And then you're going to be on the hook. What are you going to do? He's a free agent. If Trubisky plays even above average football this year, Ted, he's going to cost you three to five times as much in 2021 as he would have if you just locked down his fifth-year option. Why would you put yourself as an organization in that in those crosshairs just to go Chicago's a mess. They just don't have any symmetry between the front office, the coaching staff, and the players. And you would think that the Foles, which is, was a slam dunk to win the job and be the starter week one, based on bringing in his guy, 
they they're paying him quite a bit of money. I don't think they got that much off the hook, other than they gave up a draft pick, a late round draft pick for him. You would think that they would just suck it up, but I mean, and start foals. But evidently, they want to give Trubisky more of a shot, and it's dumb. It's it's possibly dumb. Yes, Nick Foles. Nick Foles will be fine coming off the bench and rescuing the Bears and trying to do whatever. But it did, didn't make any sense. You're setting yourself up for a disaster because one good year out of Trubisky, it's going to equal a minimum three- to five-year contract for him at an exponential rate, whereas you could have just had him for a fifth year. You could have – if then if you had him for the next year – then making him the starter makes sense. Then he could have a great year. And then next year you tell him, okay, do it one more time. And then you'll get the big bucks like these other QBs. If you don't screw you and uh, bears just didn't do it, which was just, just terrible. Um, just a more and more terrible options right there. Some news here today, uh, Ted, what did you make of the Kareem hunt extension? I talked about this on Sirius X as well. That, um, you know, I, I don't like it. Obviously, I, I think it's a, a pretty big problem for Nick Chubb. Not a big problem, but it's definitely a problem for Nick Chubb. What did, how do you uh, feel about it? I think, I mean, it's, it's you, know, you felt a little better if he wasn't guaranteed a contract, but now he's got two more years on top of this year. So I'm still not as worried about it. I mean, it's not like they paid him a shit ton of money. Pretty good money for a backup running back, that's for sure, but. I mean, and it makes sense from a team standpoint because Chubb has, what, I think two years left on his rookie deal. Right. I mean, you don't want to – we don't. We find out over the years it's dubbed to pay running backs $15 million a year. It just it doesn't make sense from a production standpoint and how you build your team. So, I mean, I don't really mind it. I, I still think it's Chubb's backfield would punt, I would say, 60-40. It's 65-35, maybe split, but – Still think it's Chubb's backfield. I think it's Chubb's backfield. It's a matter of how much of Chubb's backfield. I, I just I don't like the fact that they have an investment now in Kareem Hunt. You know that whereas they really didn't have that before. So it, that part bothers me. I think Chubb is fantastic. I think he's a better running back, but I don't think he's that much better than Kareem Hunt. Just because Kareem Hunt's very good himself. So. It's curious that they wouldn't sign Hunt to a longer-term deal. Basically, you get one extra deal between this duo. So these guys are going to be locked in together for the next couple of years, but you don't get any sort of long-term answer if you're the Cleveland Browns. I don't like it, but I'm still I still think Nick Chubb will have a very good year. Uh, I, I just this I had hoped that Kareem Hunt wouldn't have nearly as big of a role as he did down the stretch last year. I thought with the new coaching staff and everything, he probably wouldn't have that. This contract, though, confirms he will indeed have some sort of role in there as well. But uh, it's basically going to come down to who, a game of chicken. Which one of these two guys gets hurt first? And that's really what it comes down to, because whichever one's the winner at the end of that is going to be possibly the number one running back in fantasy football this year. Yeah, and that's I mean, if you want to lock it down, both of you probably have to lock down a, fist, a first and fifth round pick, which is crazy. Well, but, fourth. Um, fourth. Fourth, now, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's so absurd. How That's the thing, too. I don't know how you could take him in the fourth round either. That's another I don't know what people are doing, out. Ted. I don't know what they've done this whole time. Like, well, that, that's the PPR thing. We talked about Friday's serious show. 
and they might have been right for the wrong reasons if Chubb gets hurt. Right. He's going to be a stud. But it's it's different offense. And it, I heard people reference the snaps. The, okay, I got an argument with Siege on Twitter today. Oh, really? About this. Yeah. Oh. And he was just – because he's a fucking Hunt fan. And oh, I'm just boy, like, here we go. And he, like, he out-snapped – Chubb out, got out-snapped by Hunt the last three games of last year. And I'm like, okay, go look at the touches. Yeah. Hunt had 24. Chubb had 45. I'll take the guy with 45. I don't care how many stabs they've had. So it's, it's one of those things. They have a different offense. Different people. It's it, a different coaching staff. What I mean, out-snapped him last year doesn't mean anything for this year. It, does, it didn't mean anything. Well, and they lost four of the last five games last year, too. So Yeah. I don't know. You played your I, – I, in my opinion, Chubb's better than Hunt, but it's close. But you played your lesser running back, and you lost more. I mean, Grant Baker Mayfield sucked. But I, mean, I think it's going to be because people think are they still think Chubb's going to catch six seven passes a game. That's what they think is going to happen. Which is not. Nobody catches six to seven a game. That, that, they Nobody catches win. Understand that shit. Like why don't people understand that? But it, but even I mean it just doesn't happen. I mean if they if somebody caught seven passes a game they'd catch 112 passes. The what, what McCaffrey do last year like just a like hundred and something hundred ten maybe. Like he yeah. didn't, and he set every record ever. You think the backup in Cleveland is going to catch seven passes a game? It's fucking idiotic. Why don't people understand that? I can't use any lot. It, it's bewildering to me. I think you're going to see like a like Cook Madison with a little maybe a little more closer usage this year. Like because we saw they both would run. They run the full entire drive is basically what they did in a lot of situations. So with Cook obviously getting a majority, far more bigger majority than uh, Chubb will, but that's a th- it's, there's not they're not going to be running special passes. I mean, it was a dump off offense last yeah. year. That's all they did in the second half. You teams don't win football, and that's the one thing I fucking can't stand. People they don't win football games doing that. No. How many games did McCaffrey win the last two years without a healthy Newton? None. Like two. None. Because they, it's, it doesn't work. And then people think, and then, and then fantasy analysts, bad ones, think, oh, it doesn't matter if they win games or not. All of, it does because the coach is doing it to stay employed. The coach wants to stay employed. The coach wants to win the games, no matter what you feel or think or anything. So that's number one. And that's who's going to be on the field, the guy who gets them the best chance to win. That's what's going to happen, and uh, it, it, there's no other solution. There's no other alternative to it. You know, it, it bothers me that analysts go in and will use bad coaching or somebody that won't and expect the bad coaching trend to work in perpetuity. It doesn't because if that coach doesn't win games, he's gone sooner. That's why, like you said, using Kareem Hunt so much down the stretch – they lost games and Freddie Kitchens got fired. So thinking that that is the way that the the Browns, the Browns want to take that blueprint and put it into 2020. It's nauseating to me. I don't know what you'd be thinking with that logic. You could use the logic that Stefanski's come in and judge these guys and he likes hunt better or the same or as almost what that is a viable argument. And I'll accept it. I can't accept bullshit. I'm not going to accept last year's weeks 14 to 6, 17 means anything. 
for a, a coaching staff that was fucking obliterated. The general manager was punted. It's go- they're gone. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean man. Ah, oh, fucking drives me. What crazy. happened? What happened to North? Uh, what happened to Turner and uh, Ron Rivera in uh, Carolina? They got fired. Yep. For chasing records. Yep. There's two examples people are going to throw out there. Is it going to be Kamara? And then James White. Those are the two guys that, well, they win football games. Well, Kamara's used that out of the slot. He, he actually runs a receiver's route a good portion of the time, which is it's part of the game plan. And then to James White, it doesn't happen every game. It happens when the smart coaches realize they have, they have it as an advantage. That's when James White takes over a game or when they fall behind. So that's so those two are abnormalities. I mean, it just doesn't – Danny Woodhead teams don't win. He was on. Did they win the games with the Chargers? No. He got he got all his damage with trailing. No. What's the other? Darren Sproles doesn't win when he touches the ball ten plus times. It just doesn't work that way. Never. Ray Flowers has the PPR running back myth. It's an article. He updates it every year for our draft guide over at fantasyguru.com. Go there, check it out. Just doesn't happen. And that's the thing when you you use the numbers six or seven catches a game that. Six or seven catches a game would be a lot, and it would be great. And there, there's top end. Tyreek Hill's not going to get six or seven catches a game. Like number one wide receivers don't get that much slack. To expect it from guys like you mentioned back in the day, Sproles and Woodhead, or today's Tariq Cohen, Kareem Hunt, is just just bad, bad analysis. That's all I could say about that um uh, other things going on oh here's what i want to talk about on this podcast as well i want to talk about the players ted that you are most and least invested in here for 2020 now i did the show on sirius xm on monday and talked about the players i'm most invested in there's in my list is pretty fucking easy it's nick chubb because I have them everywhere. It's basically the entire Cleveland Brown team, really, because I have pieces on every single team I put together, sometimes multiples. And second is obviously Cam Akers as my number two guy that uh, I'm invested in anywhere. Can I don't know. Did you hear the show on Monday at all, Ted? Uh, only a small portion of it. I wonder, do you know who my most owned wide receiver right now is? Um... No, it will. I don't. It will surprise. It's not our, you know, top end guy. It's Emmanuel Sanders. Like I've, I, I think I'm in nine leagues right now, and I have eight out of nine leagues with Emmanuel Sanders on the team. <laughs> wow, that, that's a great value. I know that's the thing. I just always seem to run into him, no matter what I do. So obviously, I'm happy with it. I don't have any. I don't have a major problem with him being my most owned guy. Um, Zach Moss is another one. We were so far ahead on the Zach Moss train. A lot of leagues, I have him as my third, even my fourth running back. So obviously, I'm a plus EV situation there with him sort of being the alpha to the Devin Singletary beta. My other guy that I talked about was Will Fuller. I have a lot of shares of Fuller, but I have a lot of shares of Randall Cobb there too. So I have one or the other in just about every league that I'm in. Those are my most owned players. How about you, Ted? Who are you relying um, on the most this year, you think? Right now, it's I got a lot of uh, Devontae Adams because I've been picking towards the late of, end of the first round, and that's who I've kind of decided to jump jump on. I, I don't trust the running backs completely. so uh, And things have worked out well without 
with Adams. I think I have quite a bit of Hopkins. So I've been taking two wide receivers, one, two, in the first two rounds, uh, which leads me to a lot of the same running backs, of course. Uh, Gurley. Uh, I have probably more than I want to of Melvin Gordon. Something scares me a little bit with that, but um, I do have a lot of Melvin Gordon. Uh, and then guys like Cobb, of course, uh, even though in the, our home league, my brother who subscribes to the fucking site, oh. literally – he took every single guy that we've talked about for the last three weeks that are later. Ted, it's so bad. He took him, it was bad. He took him three rounds early too, and yeah. I was like, "You fucker!" I, I talked about our home league, IMFM league. I talked about on Monday's Sirius XM show. Ted and I did a draft, and it was the first time in twenty-five years of doing this. Now we've you and I have been in this business fifteen years. It's the first time I can recall distinctly being at a complete and utter disadvantage because not it wasn't just your brother. Everybody was using my ranking. Everybody. Like every nine out of the 12 were all going right down my list. And it created an ins- a situation for me to where I couldn't execute what I wanted to execute at all. And, you know, I it, first two rounds worked perfect. And then I had a plan coming back with I was going to get Odell Beckham, my last pick in the third round, and then um, uh, Cam Akers for my first keep around in the fourth. That was my plan. And, you know, plans all fall apart. But, no, uh, Beckham went like eight picks before. And then Cam Akers, your brother, took him in the second fucking round. And that, that set off like, oh, my God. Everything became just – I drafted a team that doesn't resemble – Anything that I wanted to do. So on Monday's show, I talked a little bit about how you have to adjust on the fly. I had never run into that to that regard before, even in our home league. Normally, our home league, people want to disagree with us. That's the way it normally is. And then, you know, we end up winning, which is why we're so successful. But uh, this year, nobody wanted to disagree, unfortunately. They did not. And the, the only positive take out of it, man, there's a few of them, of course, we have other staff members in the league. But the one thing I'm proud of is those fuckers paid for it. They didn't get it for free. They subscribed. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. So at least I could deal with that. I'd be yeah. more pissed if, they, if I was nice enough to give to them for free. Yeah. No, they paid for it. They so. did pay for it. Yeah, all of, all of them, all nine of the 12 members of that league that drafted against it. it, it was, it's going to be an interesting year in our home league because of that. I put together a team that – I mean, you look at you look at every one of my teams. You'll see everything symmetrical, everything because I draft mostly the same guy. Then you look at that team. You're like, what? What, what, what is this? Like, I don't even know what this is. But uh, that's what I had to go with because that's what the hand that was dealt. Back to the players, though. You have a lot of Melvin Gordon. You said you. I know you have a lot of Todd Gurley as well. Yes. So talk to us about like that range i mean that's kind of what i'm talking about going receiver early i mean you've pretty much been doing this build uh for most of your leagues but you know what what's the fallback here if Gurley and or melvin gordon doesn't work out um uh, well that's not gonna be ideal but i've been taking a lot of david <laughs> montgomery uh david montgomery's like i said been falling so it worked out perfect because you can get him in the sixth sometimes seventh round uh-huh. um, maybe even eighth depending on the league you're in because uh, people are just ignore him. I've noticed over the last week in drafting, there's a lot of value in taking hurt guys, especially in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round. Because uh-huh. you have most of your starting lineup already built anyway. 
I mean, I took David Montgomery. Uh, people, I think they're afraid of Golden Tate because he's a little banged up. Um, yeah, that's true. It's one of those things. I just feel like people are ignoring these guys because they're a little banged up. And it's only one week. I know you want to start off well, but if you're not counting on to be your starters, they're going to be great depth for you if you have injuries. I think that's pretty interesting, especially when they're just minor bruises, soft tissue issues. You know, I, I think you can get a pretty good value because the world freaks out. This time of year, the the news cycle and what everybody follows is just wild. And I, you know, I go back to the Leonard Fournette thing. I talked about, it, I think on last week's podcast too, that was our staff draft that I got him in like the seventh round. I'm just like, wow. Like everybody's just bailing. And with the Montgomery factor, having him as a third guy, I don't, I'm not against that. Cause like we just addressed the bears don't have another running back. <laughs> They're next. They're Tariq Cohen. We know he always has his little passing scat back role. We know that. But there's no there, there is no there are no people behind him. There's a converted wide receiver that couldn't do the job if he tried anyway. So Montgomery is as much job security as anybody in the league, as any running back in the league at least. So having him as a third isn't a bad scenario right there. What about uh anybody else that you're relying on more heavy than you thought? Now, if you if you go the two wide receiver role, I guess another guy that I haven't ended up with because I've gotten purely a lot, but I think Chris Carson's a good fallback option that third round. For sure. Uh, I mean, Gordon you could take in the third, but you could probably get him in the fourth. That's why I've got so much girly Gordon. Uh, I think David Johnson's kind of been going all over the place. I don't have any David Johnson, surprisingly, despite the fact that I'm willing to take him, or even Mostert. So there's some plenty, plenty of avenues to do in that. So um, it's, just, it's interesting to see how that all works out. Um, I got a lot of Preston Williams. Shocker. That's your boy right there. What you, what's your expectation? Like Preston Williams, can you start him in week one? Uh, it's not a great matchup, but I can. I'll start him. I really? Yeah. You're, is that just by necessity or you just say, I mean, that's one of those guys that it's really hard for me. I, I would be hard to start a guy like Preston Williams. Uh, people have asked me about Cam Akers a lot this week already. And I have him as a low-end running back, too. I know he won't get the start of the game, but I'm okay using him. So, you know, that's where I'm at. A guy like Williams, though, coming off an injury, you know, Miami's not exactly a stagnant offense themselves. They will be – should throw a lot against New England, you'd think. But uh, talk to us about the guts it takes it's, to start him. It's not ideal. I mean, I'm doing – I probably the only thing I'm definitely doing is home league. Uh, because it's just a deeper league, and actually, I don't, and I, because I took a lot of banged up guys, um, I've started. He's my fourth wide receiver, or I think we could technically start five. He might even be my fifth in that league. Um, so it's not like I'm heavily relying on. I think he's going to be an every week starter. I don't like the matchup against him a ton, but I got him a lot in a lot of leagues. I got him in the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth round. So it's not like I. He's not counted on to be a starter. I think he's going to be. Um, in a lot of cases, because I knew guys like Cameron Cobb were going to be there in that early teen round, that I've been taking extra running backs. Because once you get beyond, I would say, in most leagues, you get beyond the eighth or ninth round, and there's it's just dog shit at running back. I mean, trying to take the unless you're trying to handcuff your guys and the, the lesser known handcuffs in the ten, ten and beyond, you, you can't. There's nothing there. So I've been taking extra running backs in that kind of six through eight section. 
just to cover my my bases because I feel like I have two stud rod receivers and I can I can find a quality third guy. It's mostly you're only starting three. What about some players that you missed out on? Now, um, Ray Flowers and I are going to do this on the Wednesday show, so I'll give a couple of guys who didn't necessarily make my list off of mine. But for you, Ted, what are some players that you thought or you were targeting you, you like that made it into the Ted Schuster player pool, which, by the way, you can still get over at fantasyguru.com, but you just haven't ended up with on any rosters? Do you have any of those guys? Despite all the fighting about Nick Chubb, I don't think I have any Nick Chubb. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so, funny. Well, that's because you've been going wide receiver early the whole time. Yeah, I mean, guys, other guys that I want, I don't know if I have that much James Conner. Um, I would like him, but haven't really worked out uh, too much to actually end up with him. And actually, Keenan Allen, the other guy that I like, uh, that I do not have any of uh, whatsoever. So I'm a big fan of uh, Keenan Allen. I do have uh, several shares of him. I felt like he was a tremendous value for what you were going for and you going early wide receiver. If you having James Conner shares right now, I don't think we'd be able to fit your chub in the room. Like it'd be, that would have been an ideal situation. Did you just not end up being able to get him or were you lower on him before? Did you, were you worried about, him before or no? Not really, man. It's all Big Ben related. I mean, that's the whole Pittsburgh kind of loser dies with that. But uh, he just always seems like I'd go to the third round and he just seemed to be gone. I, every time I every draft I'm in the third round, he's when I go to pick him the third round, he's gone. So he'd go like a pick or two before me. So it's just one of those things that didn't work out. I wanted to talk about this aspect too, and I was hoping to do it again on the show, this serious show, but we'll do it here. D- what do you make of Ezekiel Elliott right now? I mean, the Lael Collins going on IR, that really messed with my mind, man, for the entirety of the Dallas offense. I feel like the Dallas Cowboys offense is being overdrafted everywhere you go, whether it be Dak, Amari, Gallup, CD. And, you know, Zeke was the one constant or stable player I was confident enough in, at least, Ted. And as of right now, I'm scared shitless of Zeke Elliott because I think Tyron Smith is just a matter of time before his back acts up. Zach Martin's been hurt each of the last three seasons. And now you got at least three games with no Lael Collins, the one stable force on that line. Are you as worried as I am? Yeah, I mean, I was worried before because I'm worried about Fat Boy being in shape going into, going into the season because Zeke – has never really started off that well because he's never really in great shape. And then he had, I know he had COVID, so he wasn't able to exercise for a while. Uh, and I think he's going to show up out of shape. And I, I honestly, he looks like he's out of shape sometimes when he comes huffing and puffing to the sideline. So, um, I, and the line does concern me. So I didn't have any Zeke shares to begin with. And there's no depth on that line whatsoever. Uh, they have the studs. But without that, it's it's complete garbage. It's going to go downhill fast if something happens to uh, Smith and Martin. I mean, it's going to be ugly. I know people are expecting this Dallas offense to be some sort of record-breaking group, Ugh. which they're out of their fucking minds. Um, the C the CD Lamb stuff is insane. I mean, yeah. I don't know what in the what is going on mentally with people thinking that he's going to be some sort of. I think they're drafting him sixth or seventh round, or just just stupid. Um, yeah, you because if, if that's the case, the deck should have been. 
drafted right ahead, right up there with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. For as high as everybody is on Gallup, Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb, he should be a second-round pick. He really should have, and if you're thinking that highly. And what about Mike McCarthy makes people think that Dallas is going to take flight again? Dallas improved their – they went from 29th to 2nd in pace of play. They're not going to catch everybody off guard the way they did last year. So there's that aspect too. The loss of Travis Frederick, their all-pro center in the middle, is a huge loss. Now you lose the right tackle, Collins. Um, you mentioned Zeke Elliott, from staying in shape and all that. Coming off of having COVID this past, uh, you know, it's a couple months ago at this point, so it's enough of a time you would hope to get back up to speed. But I don't know. It this is a recipe for disaster in Dallas, considering just how high picks people had invested in them. Um, and hey, real quick, you know, on the COVID thing, I want to mention this yeah. too. I've seen it because college football has come out and yes, there have been some bad football teams playing the last week or not good ones. But it's going to be very interesting week one to see who's been practicing for real and who's been kind of kind of going through the motions and claiming they're practicing. Because I've seen some college football teams, yes, they're younger kids or colleges, bad coaches at times. But, I mean, there's teams clearly not ready to play football, and we're going to see that in week one. We're going to see some teams come out and shit the bet because they didn't they – did, maybe they didn't hit or – I mean, because they're going to be so paranoid about COVID that they're not going to be ready to play football. Yeah, they're very likely will be. Um, that Jacksonville's not going to win a game. I know. Yeah, no, well, we've talked about that before. I agree wholeheartedly there. I think you're right. I think we're going to see what coaches were doing. Um, I, I watched it on Hard Knocks. I felt both Rams – Rams practice in particular seemed incredibly soft to me, whereas the Chargers – you saw a lot more impact, a lot more um, hitting, I guess. And it, that's just the same city, you know, two teams profiled on one thing. You just saw if you're paying attention to the stuff that's not in the forefront, I'm looking in the background of, uh, of that show constantly just to see what else was going on. Any other players there, Ted, that you missed out on here? For um, from, from a missed out standpoint, um, I look think of any of the guys who talk about that. I don't know if I got enough Zach Moss for whatever reason. Um, I wish I would have gotten more Antonio Gibson, but now his price is too high. Yeah, uh, he that just jumped up in. Uh, it's it, it's a mess. I, I mean, did they name who's the start? is it McKissick starting? I get for uh, Washington. No, it's Peyton Barber. Uh, well, I thought it's also where they said McKissick was technically the starter. Either way, it's it's a cluster. Uh, it's a depth chart. No, that I I don't know, man. Half the depth charts. Remember, folks, the most of the league does alphabetical order because they can. Going into week number one, it, it does this every year. We do every. I love how they they had to post one. It's like what the NFL required them to do. Yep. It's like. Why? Yep. That's a, that the NFL has their check boxes that they have to fill. They you know they agree with it with the players' association, and then they agree to it with the media companies that you know allow certain access. But it's getting to the point where NFL is so damn popular that they're just running ramshot. They're just doing it how they want, when they want, and everybody else has to just fall in line, which is 
deeply, deeply concerning in my for the freedom of information concerning these teams going into the future. A couple of players for me, Ted, that I missed out on. Um, I don't have any. I don't have any Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which is totally fine, and I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have any Tyree Kill, and I don't have any Patrick Mahomes. So I don't have like any uh, Kansas City Chief exposure really outside of a. I think I have one Kelsey team. Yeah, I I don't have any, <laughs> so I guess huh. I'm on the same boat. So I just didn't want to pay the price tag for those guys, but. I have zero Chiefs anywhere. I don't even think I've got Hardman at this point. So it's I do yeah. have oh y'all. I, I got a couple Hardman shares. A couple, not as many as I want, by the way, because that's another. Like we all know the Nick Chubb injury is happening. Like we we just know that's going to happen. And I also know the Tyree Kill injury is going to happen. Like th- those are two injuries that I'm just calling my shot way before the season even starts. Yeah, Tyreek's always got those soft tissue injuries too. So I mean, it's it's something to be concerned about. But yeah, it's it could be bad though for sure if something happens. If the, if the if Mahomes throws for fifty, it's probably not going to be very good for me because um, not that I think he will, but it's just not. It's going to get ugly because I have no absolutely positively no um, shares at all in any Chiefs. So. Uh, unless Mahomes gets hurt, and then that whole line, that whole offense probably falls apart. But that's another story. You know what? I actually am looking at it right now. I don't have any Kelsey. I have Kittle. I have like four shares of Kittle, and I got ton. I got like four shares of him. I have three shares of Zach Ertz. I have more Kittle than I thought. To be honest with you, I, I, that's more than I thought. Ooh. Um I have no Kelsey. Uh, that's. What rounds were you taking Kittle in? I feel like Kittle Second is a I'm, a, I'm an Iowa guy. I mean, I mean, the dude's straight up legit off the field. Great dude. Great teammate. I feel like it's the media hype that has made him so high. I mean, he's a very good football player, but I feel like he's a better football player than he is a fantasy player because he just doesn't get the red zone targets. What I love about Kittle is I love to ask people who you know praise him, oh, what round pick was he? And watch them stammer. Oh, and everyone, everyone says second. Everyone's like, well, you don't think it was first. So they're like, oh, second. No, he's a fifth round pick. Right. I mean, it wasn't, he was a fifth round pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah. I think, yeah. And he's a guy that he, he kind of shocked people with his athleticism too. In, right. At the combine. Yep. I mean, they know that he didn't play. I mean, I'll, don't even get me started on Iowa misusing him, but he was banged up quite a bit his first few years. And then he had a, a decent last season before he turned pro, uh, but he was underutilized. But yeah, he I mean, he kind of kind of shook some people when he he tested the combine. They're like, "Holy cow, this guy's a phenomenal! He's as good." Because OJ Howard, I think at the time was the guy, the hype guy uh-huh. at tight end, and he naturally so he went he went early. But his numbers were just as good, if not better, than OJ Howard. They talked him up at the NFL draft, but he still slid the NFL draft. But yeah, he wasn't a high round high pick at all. No, he wasn't. He wasn't very highly sought after um, and, you know, has made his way perfect offense for him in the Kyle Shanahan system with those sort of tight end drag routes that really promote speed and athleticism as they shadow the quarterback. So he's in a perfect setup for himself and for fantasy production there as well. Uh, other players um, that I missed out on, I know, uh, you know, the quarterback, I have a, uh, 
wide array of quarterbacks. Like I don't have any Lamar Jackson. I don't have any Patrick Mahomes. But I've got almost every other quarter. I got Russell Wilson. I got Kyler Murray. I've got I don't have any Deshaun Watson. I have Ryan. I've got Breeze. I've got uh, I have Wentz. Believe it or not, I'm not even happy about that. Rogers, Daniel Jones, Cam Newton. I got a bunch. Baker Mayfield, of course. Boy, I got I got a wide array of quarterbacks on my teams here, Ted. It's uh, but guy I don't have any of is Dak Prescott. I don't have any Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't either because I didn't want to pay the price tag. That's where it came down to them. I wasn't going to take him in the fifth round, fifth or sixth round. So I have a lot of Cam Newton, which I've hyped up. I have Ben. I have some Rodgers. And I, one guy, actually, I ended up with a ton of shares. I'm, I'm surprised that I'm getting him so much, but he's such great. I feel like there's so much upside. Drew Locke, nobody's taking Drew Locke. Talked about that on the our show today. I have I had him as a pickup for week one of waivers. Last game of the day against Tennessee's defense in and at home. Judy, you got Cortland Sutton, you've got Noah Fant, Albert O, Melvin Gordon, got a lot to Deshaun Hamilton. You got a lot of weapons, an improved offensive line. I, I Drew Locke will shine in week one, Ted. Yeah, I, just, I can't believe people are ignoring him. I mean, but because like all those guys you mentioned, people are drafting. I mean, people want even taking late land, late round flyers on Hamler, but Sutton's what a third round pick. I mean, Judy's got some hype to him, but everybody ignored his quarterback, and I was—he's my backup quarterback in almost every league because I'm just like, okay, he's there, I'll take him. Did you draft two quarterbacks the majority of your leagues? Uh, yes, because I have a lot of Cam Newton. Just, yeah, for Cam, you have to secure protect it. myself. Guys missed basically. I mean, if, to me, if, you, if you're if you Cam or Roethlisberger, even as your starter, I think you need a second quarterback to protect yourself. Yeah, you do. If I think even a guy like Brady, who's ultra, he's seemingly durable, but he's older than dirt. Like, that's another situation. I don't have a lot of Tampa Bay. I don't have – I have got – I one or two. I do have Godwin in one league. That's our staff league. I don't have any Mike Evans at all this year. I don't have any Brady this year. I don't have any Gronkowski or Howard. Any of that. I have a couple of Fournette shares that I wasn't invested in until the dip. I bought the dip, which I'm, I think I'm going to like. Uh, you know, as a third running back going, you know, the, this year. But other than that, like I didn't, I didn't go anywhere near Keyshawn Vaughn early, which I'm happy about. I don't think I have any Ronald Jones, so I don't really own any of the Tampa Bay hype there either. I'm in the same boat. I have absolutely zero shares of Tampa Bay. I don't think I have. I have no absolutely no Brady, no running backs. Um, I don't have any Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a guy I wouldn't even touch. I don't have any Godwin. I don't have any Gronk. Don't have any OJ Howard. If people went that deep, I have zero shares of Tampa Bay. It's, uh, I mean, people are expecting a lot. I have a $25 bet with our guy Jedi about uh, Tampa Bay versus Cleveland, whose offense will be more productive this year, Ted. How am I looking on that? I have Cleveland side, obviously. I think you're looking even better because Cleveland's been getting hurt, beat up on defense now. So you're going to have, there's more potential there because they're going to have to score more. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And we talked about that a little bit last week with Carolina's defense. And then did you hear, did you see that on Friday's Sirius XM show, you and I were talking about how bad Carolina's defense was. 
And I said, well, they have one moderately decent corner, and that's Eli Apple. And then he got put on IR this week. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, wow. <laughs> how, about, how about the timing for that? They have nobody. This is the Jacksonville defense, the Carolina defense. Oh, my God. Like, these are going to be just horrific units, man. Like, I mean, those are, you're going to stack everybody against those two teams all year long. And they're both teams are going to be terrible. That's the thing. It's, it's scary how bad those teams are going to be. I don't think Carolina will be a little better than Jacksonville, but um, it's going to be pathetic watching them play football. I think that the Jets are not too far behind. Uh, they don't have a single playmaker on that entire defense. I do like Greg Williams kind as a coordinator, but without any kind of talent, man, that's another team we're going to target a lot um, all season long as well. Speaking of targeting, Ted, let's talk some daily fantasy football. It's exciting. Week one is here. Pumped up about it. Cash game breakdown will be up uh, at the elitefantasy.com on Friday. The live stream, everyone asking me who's hosting live stream, who's doing live stream. I'm hosting the live stream, and then we're going to have a, a bunch of guests so ted will get in there from week to week sometimes we're gonna have every, we're gonna have three four guys join me every friday night to break down the slate from every possible angle so it's not just going to be us preaching to you guys as uh it, it's been in the past so i'm excited about that i'm excited about some of these matchups as we said i think there's a real opportunity to exploit defenses and teams that the general population think are going to be good or mediocre, but they're really tragically bad. And others that people think will be mediocre that are probably pretty good. So it's a great betting week. It's a great daily fantasy week. But I, with the point I wanted to make here, Ted, is I announced it on the serious show. And uh, I wanted to let everybody know on the podcast, too, that you and I are moving a, a good deal of our play from FanDuel to super draft and uh i want to give somebody some people the reasoning behind this um behind the move number one we will still play on fanduel on DraftKings because that's where the majority of people do play and i feel to give proper analysis we have to play there so we'll still have some lineups over there but super draft they won me specifically and i think us over last year ted around november when, if you recall, last football season, there was a crazy amount of duplicate lineups or people sharing lineups. 40, 50 entries into a 100-person contest, all with one lineup in cash games. And FanDuel and DraftKings did absolutely dick about it. They wouldn't do anything about it. And that enraged you and I. We were more importantly, it enraged, enraged everybody, all of our subscribers at Elite Fantasy, a lot of people who listen to our radio show and podcast and follow us on social media. It pissed them off. So we eventually had to do something about it because it wasn't dying away. And the, the company that stepped up was Superdraft. They had heard our pleas. I had a meeting with them last November. They said, tell us what your people want. What do they want? I want single entry 50-50 contests. That's what I want. I was. I want 50, 50. I want real 
opportunities for normal people to win money. I don't want you to have to make 150 fucking lineups. I don't think that's a test of skill at all. Uh, we could debate that till we're blue in the face. Uh, I, I think that I want regular people who love fantasy, want to win some money and test their skill out. I want to give them a good, as good a chance to win as possible. And that means single entry 50-50s. Now, they still have a ton of GPPs and all that shit. But their commitment, because they didn't even do 50-50s really. They had like one a week. And now they're rolling all of them out, including bum, 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 the Elite Sports Big 50-50 contest that will, is live right now for week number one, as a matter of fact. So really getting behind Super Draft in this regard, Ted, because I think this is a company that wants to be there for the regular consumer, the regular fantasy player, the regular daily fantasy player. They're not sucking the ass of the 150 max entry guy, the awesomos of the world. No offense to him, but you know, the guys who just just print lineups off of a factory roll, you know, super draft is making a very big commitment to the regular Joe. And I want to be able to support that as best I can. Yeah. It'll be, and I think it's going to be a, that whole duplicate line thing is going to be a problem uh, this year too. Cause I, I see it in baseball, but it sounds bad because it's baseball, especially with the late start isn't as big this year as it has been in years past, but I'm regularly on a, on a daily night. I see 15 lineups are the same. I mean, it's literally just a train of different uh, people copying out by the lineups and just plugging them in. So, uh, so I can only imagine how much worse it's going to be in football. So, it's one of those things that, and I don't think either one of us are opposed to sharing lineups or giving out your lineups, but it, we've never done it for the purpose of people just to copy it, plug and paste. It's not that's not the principle behind it. The principle is to show us how to show people how you're building it why you're building it and to be transparent where people have taken it to where I'm just going to hit optimize and then put it in a bunch of contests like they do now. But that's where super drafts is trying to try to be different and allow just competitive fun play instead of having to worry about battling 50 of the same lineup in a contest. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's disheartening. We used to give out our actual cash game lineup every single week and you know, we would do in those days, the majority of people weren't taking the lineup and copying it. They were taking the lineup and trying to beat it. That used to be the whole thing with daily fantasy. It used to be, oh, I want to beat you. I want to do better than you. I'm going to show you, you know, that used to be <clears throat> the way it was go. Now it's not. Now it's like, why don't we just converge? Why don't we either enter if you're a single player Enter as many lineups as humanly possible and not even build them. You just you just project them. You just put them into your algal or optimizer, which we offer an optimizer over at Elite Fantasy. It's just not my way of playing. I I don't think I'd be able to I don't I don't think I'd enjoy the game. I wouldn't enjoy the game. I know it because we've done optimizer lineups plenty of times, enough to know that I don't like to do it. I like to craft my lineup the way I like to do it. I like, and I like to have one lineup. And when we hit our one lineup, it either hits and we win every single thing we do, or we lose and we lose everything. But we know what we'll lose going in, and we'll know what we'll win going in. So we know the stakes and what it's worth. To me, that's a lot better way to play. I just, I don't have fun playing with 150. Or if I'm a single lineup player going against, whether it's 10, 
50 or 150 lineups that are all duplicated, I'm just not interested. Yeah, it's it gets it's just about a sense of accomplishment, I guess, of do it yourself that that people have lost over the last year or two. They just want to copy it. We all want to win money and make money. We get that, but it's just still, I guess, a self purpose to me to to want to build it myself and win myself, not not just copy somebody's work and hope to profit. That's part of the problem we're we have with society today. Yeah, you're right. It's a great. Uh... It is. It's a society problem. And um, everybody wants to be like in the group. They really like groupthink. And that's why group lineups are good. And <clears throat> group lineups are good because if you have, if you're in a hundred person tournament and you share your lineup with 40 other people, that means you have to, that lineup has to come in the top 10. And if it doesn't, you're going to end up splitting those last, however many, let's say it was, let's say you had a 25. So fifth, you know, you came in 25th place. Well, you know, it goes to 65. So you guys are chopping all that money down amongst that last one. It's a terrible way to go and you're losing money. I don't understand, but people would rather do it that way for some odd reason. I'd rather try to beat those lineups personally. We give, we'll give our core four out Every single week on the serious show, <clears throat> I'll talk about it a little bit more um, in detail. We'll review. I'll have a lineup review show going on over there at Elite uh, Fantasy this year as well. Talk about it on this very podcast every single week too. Uh, as we preview things, you get a little sneaky peeky just for the podcast listeners. But our core four is going to be from Superdraft week in and week out. So um, get over there, check it out. They do have a promo code. We do have like a partnership deal where if you go in and uh, put in elite, you get like double your money and all the little extras. It's really, I want to make sure you guys understand it's not about, that's great. And we appreciate uh, you doing that. You might as well get some free money out of the deal, but this isn't about that. This is about, quality of life this is about being able to win the same amount of money and a place that isn't threatening our money it's not trying to take our money it's not it's not where all the the sharks and the algos and the optimizers they're constantly trying to suck suckle every nickel away from the common user that's really what we're going for and we're going we're diving in and making a very big commitment here in uh in 2020 so um look for that ted what do you think from daily fantasy football perspective i wrote the cash game strategy article over there at fantasy guru and elite fantasy but do you do you envision anything changing in terms of our process not really but we're not stackers and that you know that's very common Uh, everybody loves a stack uh which i think is very, I don't like it to begin with, and I think it's going to be very bad if people try and do it week one, just because I, we don't, I mean, teams could just shit the bed. We don't know what's going to, there's been no preseason. We can read all the BS reports from the local beat writers that just get blow smoke up or the team's ass, but we don't really know until we watch a play as But I'm sure stacking is going to be very prevalent. Just don't do it. Yeah, and when we mean stacking, we mean using quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver, running back, that kind of stuff. If you're using a combo, which is a quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, that's okay some of the time. I'm I'm okay investing and building a lineup that way, but I'm not 
okay with using in a cash game setting. I'm not going to invest. Like, I'm not going to use Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham this week. Like, that's not something I'm going to do, Ted. No. Yeah. That, that just, but people, we might see people do I This week, actually, they won't with Baltimore. But uh, any team that like that, I'm sure we'll see it happen. But I think you just need to be careful. And um, I think try and, if, try and dig up more. I think I know you've done a great job with the quarterback wide receiver. Uh, break down the real one instead of the, the default one that everybody else has seemed to think computers can figure out. But uh, yeah, uh, I like to get into a little more referee data too and see if we can try and take advantage of some of that as well. Yeah, always I like to look at referee data. It's part of our. It's a very, very, very small part of our projection system, both at Fantasy Guru and Elite Fantasy. But it does factor in. I think there will be a little bit more to that. Um, maybe more so this year. Remember, there are there were seven referees that opted out of the season. So you're getting a good deal of replacement refs too, which I think uh, it, hopefully it doesn't become the shit show was last time with that Green Bay-Seattle game. Remember that one? Yeah. I mean, we're not going to have the uh, the replay of the pass interference this year, correct? Nope. Nope. They don't have that anymore either, which is thank fucking God. We don't have that to, to deal with as well. So there you guys go. Um, I think that's going to about do it. We gave you a little over an hour here today. The second hour podcast. I should just rename it here on one man's opinion. Ted Schuster, any final words of wisdom before uh, we let you go? And uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday on the serious show. Uh, no, I'm by my RB article for week one. That'll be up on the site tomorrow. Um, yeah. So, Look for that. I have most of it written out already, so uh, and it will have salaries for our buddies at Super Draft, of course, mm-hmm. uh, included in there. I love that. And by the way, yeah, guys, the uh, the way we do business over at EliteFantasy.com, every day of the week you're going to get – on Monday we have extensive lineup reviews and chat sessions, and then Tuesdays the quarterback coach, Wednesdays the running back coach, which is Ted Schuster, Vlad Settler is our quarterback coach, Wide receiver coach is Tyler Beaker, <clears throat> tight end coach Scott Bonder, defensive special teams coach. Once again, uh, um, oh, actually, uh, Thad Houston's tight ends, and then Scotty B is our defensive special team coach. But e- every one of those coaching sessions, you get an hour with our coaches, one-on-one, in our chat at EliteFantasy.com. Talk to them, discuss with them the position, if you want to talk lineup builds and things like that, more than happy to do that with them. And then it all culminates on Saturday nights with the lineup coach, which is me. You get me for a couple of hours in there every Saturday night, uh, chatting it up, yucking it up with you guys there as well. So uh, great stuff. And by the way, give a little promo code out here, elitefantasy.com slash mans, M-A-N-S. There is a code at the top of that page that will give you 20% off any one of our services or even T-shirts and swag if you're into that kind of thing. So I'll go there and check that one out. All right, there we go. Episode 29, a special episode, early in the week episode here of One Man's Opinion. I want to thank Ted Schuster for joining me on this hour. We will be back at it later on the week on this podcast. Listen to us every single day, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, Sirius 210XM87 there as well. Uh, Thank you guys for downloading. Tell a friend and subscribe and hit that comment and like button. If you disagreed with anything that we said on today's show, that's okay. Why? Because this was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces! Deuces!